0: In this podcast, I talk about our environment being the key to our success as a family with kids with ADHD. In that conversation, I talk about our choice to logistically solve part of our problem through online school. I wanted to add a note that that was our choice to handle Emily's education in that way, and that All of the concepts that I talk about can be applied in whichever logistical choice that you choose for education, whether it be that your child attends in-person school and how you show up in the afternoon when they're working on schoolwork or getting ready for the next day, or whether it be that you choose online school or homeschool or what other options might be available to you especially because there are so many different options and so many different solutions that work for one family versus another. Anyway, I hope that you enjoy this podcast and that you learned something from our experiences of changing our environment
1: to create opportunities to win. This is Winning with ADHD, a podcast for parents to empower students. Build up your ADHD teens so that they recognize their own talents, creativity, and uniqueness. Get tips and tricks to help overcome executive functioning challenges. Listen to stories and experiences of what worked and what did not. Together, let's find ways to build your child's self-esteem and start winning with ADHD. And now, here's your host... Heather Walker.
0: Hey there, welcome to the Winning with ADHD podcast. Today you have just myself, I am Heather Walker, and I'm the mom of Emily Walker, who is the inspiration behind this podcast. My goal is to help anybody who comes across this podcast to find ways to win with ADHD. And today I'd like to talk about creating an environment for success. I like to read a lot of books specifically surrounding, um, usually have to do with business or maybe even a little bit of self-improvement. James Clear, who wrote Atomic Atomic Habits, is one of my favorite authors. I love his book because it talks about creating ways to be able to instill positive habits and how to eliminate less positive habits. Um, one of the biggest things he talks about is creating an environment for success. And for example, if you want to remember your keys, that you put them in the same spot by the door so that when you go to leave, that you grab the keys. So that is an example of creating an environment for success. Now, that is especially important for those who have ADHD, because if it is put away, it is forgotten. And if it's out in the open, it's easier to help trigger what they need to do. So utilizing those cues of, I see my keys, I need to grab them, for example, is a great way to generate success for those with ADHD. And really just about everybody, because we all forget our keys and we all lose our keys. Maybe it's just the frequency in which we lose them that is kind of a bigger factor there in that example. Another example of environment has to do with those that are around us. Um, another book that I just finished reading is called The Hero Effect by Kevin Brown, and he talks about these different experiences that he's had into where these people are these extraordinary people that are a hero in their life, whether it be somebody that has been in their life um, consistently and often, or maybe they're just there for a short period of time, but they have this influence on us that is so positive that we can't forget about it and we will always remember how we felt and how they impacted our lives. And so in regards to um, raising our kids, specifically those with ADHD, I think about this and I come back to that thought of creating an environment that allows them to be successful. And so when I think about education in particular, if you think about your experiences or maybe even your kids' experiences, there are those certain teachers that just stand out. And if you think about what is the reoccurring or the, you know, the consistent quality that you see from one teacher to another that makes it to where they stand out and they are so influential on you or your kids is that they make it to where you feel so important, that you feel loved, that you feel like, You can do anything when you're around those people. And these are the type of people that he talks about of having this hero effect. And he says in the book, he said, a hero is an extraordinary person who chooses not to be ordinary. And I love this because we can, anybody who's ever had a job or, you know, something where you had to do something, you have a choice in how you're going to show up. Are you going to show up and just do the bare minimum of I'm going to wait on you at a restaurant, but maybe I don't smile and maybe I don't like try to, um, help solve your need for certain food or, um, dietary need or something like that as an educator, um, you know, I'm just going to hand out the papers and I'm going to grade them, but I'm not going to show an interest in who you are as a person, as we work together over this next year, or, you know, maybe at work with a coworker, you're just like, I'm just going to interact with you as much as I absolutely have to. And I'm not going to be happy about it. Right. Whereas these heroes choose to show up and they choose to have kindness. And he talks about kindness being a very intentional action, that it doesn't happen by accident. And I believe these heroes that are out there are very deliberate in what their goals are. When you walk into a classroom or you walk into a restaurant or you have, you know, somebody who is cutting your hair or something like that, Um, maybe you have, you know, a youth leader or something like that, when you go and you interact with them, you always walk away feeling so special and so important. And so when I think about our families, and I think about specifically our ADHD kids, and creating this environment that creates success, over the last year, it's probably been a little bit longer, like in the workings, but it kind of like all clicked together for us about a year ago, where we were able to create an environment that allowed for Emily to be more successful, and ultimately allowed for our family to be more successful. Some of the things that um, we changed was, well, really was me. That was probably the first thing. Is that I went through and I reevaluated of what's important, and I said, "What is important to me is that Emily is happy and successful in life right now. Success doesn't mean necessarily that she's a doctor or that she is whatever the world has defined as success, maybe from like a professional or financial standpoint, but that." she is happy and that she is able to positively influence those around her and that she's able to provide for her needs. And so as I stepped back and I looked at that, I was like, well, maybe when it comes to school and college, which will be a step here in another year or so for her, maybe that doesn't look like what the picture I had envisioned a long time ago when she was a little girl. And actually, not maybe, it definitely doesn't look like that. And that's okay. So I think that's the first thing that I did was re-evaluated what was most important to me and what are my expectations around that. And so I've learned to let go of a lot of things and say, you know what, this is what I thought prom was going to look like. And she said, yeah, no, that's not what it looks like for me at all. And so I walked away from prom this last year with it looking nothing like what I had envisioned it would look like for her. And I couldn't have been happier because she was happy and I could see how excited she was about it and how um, much joy she had in that event, right? So the same thing happens with home and school and those types of things is reevaluating. What does that expectation look like? And so we made some pretty drastic changes last last year. Some of them were, well, most of them were really difficult for me. We decided to do online school, which meant that I was home with her, and um, wasn't really what was on my top ten list of something that I thought I would ever do. After having the year be finished it was a great experience. There was a lot of factors that came into play with that, but I had to go through a really difficult, I don't want to say really difficult, but it was difficult thought process of what is this going to look like? How am I going to show up? How am I going to make it to where we come on the other side of this saying that this was a good experience and that our relationship was better for it? And so I thought about it and I was like, I need to help cultivate an environment to where she feels like she can speak up, to where she feels safe, to where she feels that um, she is heard. And I think really that last one is probably the most important one because over the last school year, I needed to be able to listen to her and say, okay, today isn't a great day for you to do schoolwork. And that's actually really hard for me because my expectation is, is that we would hit certain benchmarks each day, right? And for the most part, we did. But knowing that there were certain days where that just wasn't something that was a good experience for her allowed me the flexibility and the ability to kind of step back and say, you know what, today is not going to be a productive day from school. But what today can be is a productive day in building up our relationship and that she knows that I have her back. Now, I think she kind of knew that before this last year, but I think after this last school year, she is definitely more willing and better able to communicate her needs and how she feels. Because prior to this year, school basically equated to her going to school all day, and then feeling like she was in trouble most of the evening, because we would have emails from teachers, things were missing. This wasn't turned in. She said it was turned in. Um, Hey, your grades are really low because you haven't turned in these things. What can we do to get these brought back up? Right? Like it was almost like just this constant, like question, question, question of what are you doing? What are you doing? Why is this this way? And Some days we were better at it, but I know that that's how she felt about it. So even though we were trying to help her, it didn't feel that way. And so we had to really shift what does this environment look like and how can we help create a space where she could say, I'm really struggling with this. I think we accomplished that this last year with just listening to her and helping coming up with solutions, but also allowing for leeway in the schedule. And I think that was probably one of the biggest factors. Some of the other things that um, Kevin Brown talks about in his book, The Hero Effect, is that heroes are people who help people with no strings attached. And I think oftentimes, I caught myself prior to this last year saying, hey, I did all of these things for you. I helped you get this and yet you didn't turn this in or I'm expecting that you turn this in in return for that or I'm expecting you to show up this certain way. And I think that's another area where we improved as parents is to say we are helping you even though this didn't happen or that we didn't even track it, right? Like, or pay attention to it, but rather that we are here to help you, even if we start all over again the next day, that our goal is to make sure that ultimately you have positive self-esteem, that you have the support system that you need in order to be successful, and that we are providing just encouragement to move through some really difficult things for her as ADHD um, or dealing with her ADHD. So she in particular struggles with getting papers, turning in papers, um, completing papers. She'll look at it and say, well, I didn't finish it so I don't turn it in, right? Um, and a lot of different things like that. That's one of the other things that we removed from the environment this last year was by having online school is everything was done and turned in online. That was a huge factor for her. It also meant that all of her schoolwork was listed out and available to us for the entire quarter. Now, she has been at other schools that have had something similar, but it had like maybe a hybrid of things. But it also didn't have um, the supervision that was needed on an electronic device. And so by sitting next to her through all of her schoolwork, While she wasn't perfect at staying on task, it allowed for me to be able to prompt her or utilize softwares that uh, prompted her to kind of get back on track. Another thing that he talks about as a quality of a hero is that they create an exceptional experience for the people that they serve. And in the book, he talks about attending this restaurant at a resort And his son who has autism wanted apple pancakes, but they didn't have the ingredients to do so. But the chef that spoke with them took note of the conversation and she went and she bought those ingredients. And when they returned the next day for breakfast, she offered them apple pancakes. Now, to me, this is an amazing example of somebody who went above and beyond to help make sure that her customer had everything that they needed and that they were blown away by the service that she had because I don't think anybody would expect a chef at a restaurant to stop at the store on their way home to help make sure that they had the ingredients necessary for one child who was nine at the time to have apple pancakes if they didn't already have the ingredients. Like this is just... One of those experiences that if I had been there, I would still be talking about it today, just like the author is talking about it today, because it is such an experience that it's just so unexpected, right? And so as I think about this example, and I think about our kids, and I think about the environments that they are most successful in, it's usually when you have those teachers or coaches or youth leaders or whatever it is, parents that do everything in their power to help make sure and set them up for success, that they feel loved, that they're important, right? He also says that heroes take responsibility for their attitude and their actions, and then ultimately those results. And as a parent, I think about this. And um, as we went through Emily's 10th grade year, it was a pretty difficult year for us as a family. And if I stepped back and I looked at it, I was like, I didn't have the best attitude. I got brought down with the just the constant negativity of having missing assignments and things like that. And I probably did things that um, I shouldn't have done of getting upset. And as we went through her 11th grade year with online school, that was a very deliberate choice that I made was that my goal is that we accomplish Having a child who is happy, who who is successful in her schoolwork, and that it's basically on her terms. And how I show up is probably the biggest factor. And especially where I was online school and it was just the two of us all day, um, my attitude and how I went about it was most important because I set the tone for how we were going to handle a problem. So there was this one day where we were working on schoolwork and She was just not having the best day, um, which happened several times throughout the year. And she was over on the couch kind of flopping around a little bit. And I was like, so what are we doing? And she's like, oh, because Emily really struggles with communicating with words sometimes. And so a lot of times it comes out with just sounds. And so. I was like, it looks like you're having a hard time. And she was like, yes, as like half of her body's half on the couch and half off the couch. And I said, so what are we going to do about this? And she's like, I'm just going to do it later. And I was like, okay, cool. That's totally an option that we could do. You could totally take a break now and we could work on this later. And I said to her, however... You have plans to go with your friends to the arcade later this week. And if you keep pushing it off, you're not going to be able to go. And that would be really sad. So what you're telling me is that you would rather lay on the couch right now and kind of flop around a little bit rather than get some things done and go hang out with your friends. And this was one of those experiences where I definitely took note of it. And I definitely remember it because she kind of rolled off the couch and I was like, this isn't going to go anywhere. Like I tried, it's just not happening. And she stood up and she said, okay, I'll work now. And so she was able to get herself back into this place to where she could work. Was it probably her most productive, most successful day? Probably not. But what it did do is it created this environment where I gave her some options. She made a choice as to how she was going to handle it. But because of the way that I handled it, she was able to kind of like regain her own composure. Whereas if I had been like you know what, you're going to go hang out with your friends. Never mind. you're not hanging out with your friends. Instead, you're going to be here because you're not getting your schoolwork done, right? Those types of conversations may have happened in previous situations. But what was really cool is that because I showed up in a calm manner and I treated her like an adult or a person that could make choices, she in turn was able to do that. But because of sensory issues and whatnot, if I had responded differently and created an environment that was contentious or had a lot of negativity to it, it would have just caused the entire day to further melt down and us not accomplish anything. And so I look at that day as a major win because she was able to pull herself back and be able to keep working. The last thing that he lists as a quality of a hero is that they see things through the lens of optimism. If we go back to Emily's 10th grade year, I would say that I did not see things through a lens of optimism. And he goes on to say that a person who is optimistic sees and faces challenges head on and figures out ways to problem solve to overcome challenges or roadblocks, and then they conquer them. And I would say taking the leap of going from in-person school to online school was probably the starting point of me being able to say that I was looking through things with a lens of optimism because what had been happening beforehand wasn't working and being able to make that really difficult choice, at least it felt difficult at the time, to be able to make those sacrifices to provide that exceptional service so that she could be successful. Um, Working in, so having an online school, I thought about a lot of the negatives of, well, that's gonna be a lot of extra work for me, or um, I'm maybe gonna have to quit my job, or maybe I won't have any free time because I'm going to have to spend so much time working on these things with her. But as I was evaluating that decision, I was like, you know what? She basically goes to to school all day and then we come home and we do schoolwork all evening. And I'm basically already doing that. Whereas this, you know, what we're doing right now is a very negative experience. And maybe this could be a positive experience. And so as I look through that and I think about, you know, providing exceptional service and this chef who went and bought ingredients, you sit there and you think, well, that could be a sacrifice. And, you know, that's going to be maybe really difficult. I'm going to have to stop on my way home and pick things up. And this is just not what's expected, right? So I could say it's not expected that I do online school. And she could have said, it's not expected that I pick up ingredients to make apple pancakes, but rather um, thinking about, I'm going to make this small little sacrifice. And what are we going to get out of it? That chef was able to provide an amazing experience for a nine-year-old boy, and he had—he was so excited that he was appreciated and important and had his favorite meal. And I sit here and I look at this and I say, because of that sacrifice of providing a, an exceptional service to my daughter in regards to her education, I was able to see her start stacking wins. It took us 10 weeks before we started to see it. And I think probably another five before she really believed it because she had had so many experiences where it just wasn't great. And I think about that. Like if you think about, um, other restaurants, right? Like there are certain restaurants you go to and you're like, Oh, the line's going to be long. I'm never going to get out. My food's not going to be right. And there's other places where you're like, oh my gosh, this experience was incredible. And even when they make a mistake, like, it's not like you're upset about it. Like you handle it in a different way. So is it really a sacrifice to maybe shift and look at it a little bit differently and to be able to provide that service with no strings attached? Because ultimately it comes back around in a way that is positive. Another way, um, another thing that he talks about is influence and it being a two-way street and how we influence and who we influence, is it positive or negative? And are we building them up or tearing them down? And then also asking the questions of who is influencing us and who do we allow to have our ear and who is in our inner circle? And so as I think about these questions that he posed in his book, I think about some of the things that I tell my girls all the time of who is your friend? Are they good friends? Do they build you up? Do they encourage you to do things that help you to become a better person? Or do they encourage you to do things that are going to harm you or cause you to get into trouble that you don't want to be in? And ultimately, who do we give the power of influence over us? And so by creating these environments that allow for success and allow us to win and start stacking these wins, we're able to have, you know, um, a different outlook, right? Because we are able to feel when there's a more positive influence or whether somebody's building us up or tearing us down. And as a family, what we've learned, and don't get me wrong here, we still have our days where, Maybe I don't show up the best way, or maybe my husband doesn't show up the best way, or maybe we do show up the best way and our kids don't respond in the best way. We're all human. That happens. It kind of comes along with it, but being able to kind of like let that go and try again and work towards building up others around us providing that experience of what those coaches and teachers and youth leaders and maybe co-workers or bosses or mentors, how they make you feel to where you're the most important person and that your success is equally as important to them as it is to you. And so I just really thought that these concepts were really cool to apply towards family life, not just an experience um, of, you know, customer service, but rather working to help our families be successful and our kids be successful, help ourselves be successful. And to where at the end of the day that we feel good about how we showed up and that our kids feel good about how they showed up. And that even if they had a rough day, that they can start again and that they have those people within their inner circle that are encouraging them, showing them how to uh, take advantage of their strengths and to continue to stack those wins. I can't tell you how much of a drastic impact that's had on our family to see my daughter who dreaded school to now who doesn't really look forward to it but tolerates it more and walks away being proud of how she showed up and what she did. At the end of the school year this year, she had a C in her math class, and even though I think every other grade was um, an A or a B, she was most excited about the C in math because she worked the hardest for it, put in the most effort for it, and she could feel the reward of her hard work And prior to this last year, it was just like, I'm just here to bide my time. And there wasn't any um, pride in her work or any optimism about being able to be successful at school. So anyway, I would love to hear your thoughts about how we can be everyday heroes by being extraordinary people who choose not to be ordinary, how we can allow our kids to be extraordinary people and that we can help build them up and have them stack wins and be successful. I'd love to hear your stories about how you've had situations of success and stacking wins. And I'll talk to you guys next time.
1: Winning with ADHD is brought to you by Disrupt ADHD. Head on to disruptadhd.com learn more.